Hello, I am Mariano Gutierrez Alarcón and welcome to the 12 Man Academy, the show that asks the questions we believe the fans want to know about football. Joining me for this series is well-known and passionate manager Gus Poyet and our voice of the fans, long-suffering supporter Stephen Brown. Together, we will get inside the pitch and hope to answer your doubts about managing at the top end of the game while we get the inside track of being a top-level football manager. In each episode, we get a better understanding of the thoughts, the decision-making and the philosophies of a top-level coach, from picking a club captain to tactics and team identity as we connect the fans to the manager. In this series, we reference to past events as we use examples that were happening in the football world at the time we recorded this podcast. In this episode, we discuss players' responsibilities. Hello, guys. Hello, Steven. How are you doing? Hi, Mariano. Mariano, Steven, you okay? <laughs> okay. Hello, Gus. Hi, Mariano. Hi, Steven. Sorry about that. Hello, Steven. Hello, Mariano. Hello, Gus. How are you both doing? Very well, thank you. From previous episodes, one issue, one subject, one theme that it was very important is talking about players' responsibilities. Gus, what are the players' responsibilities? Well, f first, before going into details of the responsibility of the players, I, I, I got a, a sentence that one manager said that the responsibility of the players first and most is coming every day train. They are they sign a contract to train every day. And the game is a plus because the game, if they're going to play or not, is going to be decided by the manager. And I think sometimes I, I really like that definition. I, I didn't know that when I was a player. I didn't use it. But I thought it was spot on because... That's a reality. They, they have to train every day. They have to give their maximum. They have to be professionals. They have to look after the body because they depend on the body. And the, the, the extra B is the games. I think the main, main apart from that, responsibilities is as soon as you sign a contract and you become a player, you need to defend those colors to the maximum of your ability. Bottom line. <laughs> every time you have the chance to put that shirt, you need to defend that club to, to the limits of, of your ability. You know, effort maximum concentration, maximum desire, and, and really show the people of the club that you deserve to be there. And the people of the clubs is the fans as well, is everything, is the whole... Totally. I, th I think you, you know very quick when a, a player is going to be recognized by the fans because the, the fans, they, they sense it, they can see it. They know what you're going to try to give. Then you can play good or bad. Eh? When a player gives everything and, and it's clear and you can see it, I think the, the fans, especially in England, they they love it. They really appreciate that. And and then the, the result is a consequence and anything can happen. But even in teams that get relegated, the fans, they, they show that they know that the players, they try their best. And I, I don't think there is a better feeling for a fan. Obviously, they all want to win. But you see that, I mean, Steve, you, you, yeah, can, exactly. you can explain it. Well. Yeah, we want effort. We want we want the blood, the tears, the sweat, everything, because it means so much to us as as fans. And it's something we can't do ourselves, and we want to be that person. So what you did for, at Tottenham Hotspur is exactly what I wanted to do since I was a baby. So you fulfilled my dream by playing in the central midfield at Tottenham Hotspur. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, with me, and I think I will say the Uruguayans, I say this a few times. We Uruguayans, we go to the negotiations or we send our agents or whoever is negotiating and we negotiate everything, everything possible, okay? To the end, to the last bit, we, we really pull uh, to the limit. But as soon as we sign the contract, that's over. The contract is in a draw there. 
And now the only focus that we go to the way is to train way well to win Saturday. And that's what we, we show on the pitch. I think that's what I try to, to, to show the, the fans of my club. If, if we're going to talk about now another Uruguay, Uruguay in the Premier League, but Dancur is showing that every time he plays for Tottenham. What Luis Suarez show his character in Liverpool. So we are that type. Cavani, even when he was not playing a lot of Man United, we forget about the money. Because that's the part that we, obviously we all play for money. And it's very important for our family because it's a very short career. But the main thing with the Uruguayans, when I say one one Uruguayan in a team is very important because from the moment that contract is done, the focus is my family, my friends, and my club. Don't touch nothing of that because we got a problem. And I think that shows on the pitch. And it will be, for me, the biggest responsibility, you know, to, to defend the colors of that club to them. Do you think that's a cultural thing? Because obviously... There's a lot of Argentinians that have played for Spurs that have that as well, just apart from the, now you yourself and Benton Court. Yes, yes, I think so, yes. I'm not saying that there is no exceptions, like anything, played with different characters, but it's, it's a way of living, it's a way of understanding life, understanding sports. And you learn that when we're very young. Then obviously there is other things. I, th- I think the f- football change, we we'll probably agree, the three of us, is not the same, the football that you were able to play in the 80s and the 90s, we can go even to the drinking culture mm-hmm. in football to nowadays, which is totally, you know, the contrary. I mean, nowadays, the level of uh, fitness and the level of physicality that you see in football is extraordinary. And that is another thing, Mariano, that we need to put in that context. In the, and under that word, yeah, the context of that word responsibilities is how fit you are, how strong you are, how look, much you look after yourself, how you eat how you behave. That actually opened up the, the question. Says, okay, yes, we, as you said, the players have the contractual responsibilities, go and train. And if you are picked for your team to play on Saturday or the games that you have to play, and that's the basic minimum responsibility. But then probably would be, would be nice to focus also in the players' responsibilities because when you train, you train tactics. When you train, you train movements. And, and, and I remember the reasons why we started this podcast was these interviews that I did for a question research. And this question research was based on a pedagogy in sports that is called teaching games, games for understanding. And this teaching games for understanding is using football or basketball or any game, any team game, to teach other things that are not sport, like solidarity when you defend or how you organize yourself to face a problem or how you open up the discussion towards more complex things or to solve a problem. That in football happens every time. What I want to focus on is tactically, what's the player's responsibility? So how does it fit the responsibilities when they play, and if you can give us an example of what would be a good example of showing responsibility when you play as a player. It's perfect. The question is spectacular because I, I, as soon as you were finding the right words to, to say that, that question, I was thinking about myself, the difference of me when I arrived at Zaragoza and when I left Zaragoza for Chelsea. And, and my feelings during that, because I grow as a player, as a midfielder, as an offensive, I, I had the feeling when I left in my last two, three years at Zaragoza, 
that I had a responsibility of scoring more than 10 goals a season. That was my responsibility, the main one. Obviously, you need to run, every, you need to play in a position, you need to mark your man in corners, and you need to do plenty of other things. My main responsibility at Zaragoza was, if I don't score more than 10 goals playing 30-plus games, the team will suffer. Because I, I was lucky enough to play, for example, my last year, I remember always, because it was a special one, Morientes up front, and I played just behind him. And between the two of us, we needed to score 25-plus goals. If we didn't reach that number, then it would suffer to win football games. The rest, they had a few to score five, six, maybe we go into goals responsibility. But for us two, it was very specific. And he scored 16 and he scored 14. And we didn't take penalty. So we reached 30 goals. You finish in a good position, I promise you. Because when you achieve the numbers, you know, like a, a goalkeeper will look at clipping clean sheets, obviously with the defense, eh? the defenders as well. Sometimes I, I try to put that in consideration. The, the, the goalkeepers that they kept uh, many, many clean sheets during their career, because they had a good defender in front of them, or a, or a good team defending, organized. It should be a little bit more sharing that that price. I think sometimes when you when you talk about great defenders in England, like could be the, the Tony Adams, John Terry, or Rio Ferdinand, or whatever we can say from Spurs as well, we should be counting how many clean sheets they kept when they were playing as a defender because they were part of their responsibility. The defender to keep a clean sheet. There is games when you have a certain way of playing, you know you're going to score. You know that there are teams that are going to the games and you know, okay, this team is going to score today. What they try to do is, if we keep a clean sheet today, we win the game. It could be a contradiction because the team is starting thinking of scoring goals, but you know that you're going to score goals. The thing is, can we keep a clean sheet? Keeping a clean sheet today, we win. And that clean sheet is responsibility of the full team, but especially the goalkeeper, the back four, the defending midfielders, because they are in a situation where defending is one of the biggest responsibilities. When you start adding this, I always said, give the main responsibility to the player before going into the pitch. One thing, like a goalkeeper, you know, like today I need you more than ever to command the, 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 the area because they cross too much. And I need you to help us with crosses. Obviously, it needs to save them, it needs to catch them. That's part of the game. But for this particular game, your main, if you can help us in that, we're going to keep a clean sheet for sure. You know, and things like that. Is that man management? Is that just to encourage that one player? Or is that you really do need him? This is, you're telling him what the truth I need you. This is your responsibility. Or do you use it in different ways? I think there is certain times. I follow a lot of my instincts that I like to tell the players in this particular case, your main responsibility. I make an example just for people to understand. You're going to play Palace, Crystal Palace. And you know that Saha is in a good moment. And you need to tell your right back, okay, today, if you defend Saha 1v1 and you beat him in your one-to-one, you know, you're stronger than him, you, 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 you win that duel, that, that the one-to-one, I think we're going to have a great chance to win again. And I think that gives the player, the word that we're using, a very, very specific responsibility on the day. And the player knows that if I do a good game today, we're going to have a better chance of winning the game. Just to drop... I dropped once. Sorry, sorry, Mariano. Just to say, teaching kids, it was very much a a good way to do it as well, to give them responsibility at that young age, because then they, they... they get bigger. They become bigger and they, they carry something with them onto the pitch and it's something that they enjoyed. But it's interesting that you you might be doing exactly the same thing with someone that's a professional. Yes, I don't, I, I don't use you all the time because you know how we are football players, we're human beings, and when you repeat it, the players go, yeah, yeah. But in certain occasions, I you know, like, uh, boom, specific. I remember one that it could be interesting for people listening. We had Kasenga Lua Lua, uh, Brighton, and, and we used to say to him, 
Today, we need you in every half, minimum five crosses, a minimum five times in the second post when we go on the other side. I'm going to count it, Kazenga. I'm going to be counting. And if you're not doing it, you're coming out. And it's incredible, but the player goes in thinking, probably he's counting as well. One, <laughs> I need another question. It's like a name that sometimes we give it for granted in football. Uh, and as you know, players go on the pitch and they're looking for the game. And then, you know, this kind of thing, you say, okay, 20 minutes went past. What did you do? Nothing. Come on. We play 20 minutes. You done nothing. Because, you know, they're waiting. You are, No, no, don't wait. Do what you have to do. What are you are good at? Running and running and running. Run. What are you good at? Winning the ball in the air. Win every ball in the air. From the first minute. Don't wait. Just to see. And that's something that sometimes you need to put in, in there to the player because they they like to have as well that kind of, uh, okay, I must do this today. I like to give this kind of topic. And I think it works. It works very well. And it works as well with the player knowing that if he doesn't do it, it's coming out. And you, you know when you change a player that he, does, he doesn't know. <laughs> but when a player you change and you go, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm coming out. A second question. That, sorry, sorry, Stephen, I have to rub into the Spurs fan. Now we're watching Spurs going to a very rough patch of having good games, bad games, good games, bad games. And we don't know which Spurs are we going to get every, every game. Stephen, you, you can say mostly fans are not happy with the system. More than more than once, I was thinking: Are the players playing for the managers? They they know they have to do something different, but they are afraid of the manager. And sometimes in at Spurs, it was my feeling that they don't know for who they are playing, or or they have a fear for the for the manager. I don't know what you think, Stephen. First, uh, for for saying probably expanding more on this question, but yeah, I think in this in the case of Tottenham, it's just that the, we play a system and. No matter who you are, you play in that system. The play, the systems, we go back to plan A's, plan B's, you know, how we adapt, these players adapt to it. But it just, with with Conte's system, it's just that it doesn't change unless he really has to. And you think you've bought, you've got Emerson Royale and now Porro, two totally different players, but they're playing exactly the same position. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well... And in responsibility. Interesting. Most of the coaches, and when they have the possibility to sign players, they prefer one system, whatever it is, system, okay? Because they think, and we are convinced that when we explain that to the players, it's easier for the players to understand and they're going to be able to do it. So we believe a lot in the in that convincement, in that way of training, and why we do it, and the players, they're going to see it, blah, blah, blah. The difference is that when you change and you need to be like explaining every time and then you get, it gets confused. When you have this kind of up and downs that is happening to Spurs, that it looks like, okay, now yes, two or three games very well. Boom, it's coming the bad one and it's coming up. It's because there is still some of the pieces that they are not working well. And I'm going to try to explain. You know, in the in the beginning of the season, everybody was expecting, I mean, beginning, beginning, maybe Reguilón playing on the left with this system and um, Dougherty on the right or Emerson Royale. And then Reguilón disappeared when nobody was expecting, started with Perisic and then changed the left wing back a lot. I think still Conte looking for that little click to make the team consistent. And for that, you need every player. And Bentancur was a key player. And now without Bentancur, it's already a, a step back. So I, I think this season, until now, the position on the table, for me, is good enough. With a little bit of consistency, it was already wrapped, you know, the, the top four, and it was no doubt. Now there is a little bit more doubt because of this situation. 
Mariano, I would like to say that you will know 100% when the players are not playing for the coach. 100%. And I play 17 years football and I've never been in a dressing room where we even think about it. Seriously. And we had plenty of uh, excuses to do it. What, what you can lose is the, the positive mentality of the players because they are not happy how the coach wants to play. And then they're going to a pitch not very happy. And if that repeats itself, then you're going to show that maybe, like you say, oh, look, they are not playing for the manager. I make you an example, and, and I ask everybody who is listening that we are in the week after Liverpool beat Manchester United 7-0. If this game, it was under Mourinho, then we said the players, they were not playing for the manager. But because they're playing for Edith Ten Hag, and one week before he won the cup, it doesn't matter. So I think sometimes it's a little bit unfair, it's depending on the personality of the manager, how well like he is, and uh, who are the players. And uh, but I, I would say no, no, I'm not saying. I, I no, no, I know, but it's a good question because I hear that a hundred times. Oh, oh, this team is not. Playing. I didn't mean that the player is not playing for the manager. What I mean is probably is not taking the responsibility to getting the game from the scruff of the neck to do what he knows as a footballer he needs to do for that game because it contradicts the instruction of the manager. Oof. For example, once I remember Gas, uh, Steven, uh, and I remember one, one, one time in, in Joka going to play footy and you actually mentioned the anecdote between Anderton and you when, when Glenn Hoddle asked you to play in a way. And then you look at Anderton and says, if we play like this, in this position, we, we will lose because we're too slow and this team is too fast. And then we says, I'll do this, you do that. We managed to win the game and Glenn Hoddle couldn't say a word because you won the game. And that's, in, in a way, is taking responsibility. Yes, the the, the problem, I think uh, I, I probably play, I don't know, 500 games or more and making those kind of decisions, maybe I made it five times. You know, in 500 games, 600 games, it was very, very specific situations where what I needed to do on the pitch, I was not able to do it because of a physical ability or because of, a, you know, the position was better than me or whatever it was. And you needed to make a decision in there to, to, to win the game, not to go against the manager. I think the worst, uh, Mariano, is when the responsibilities you've been given, you know that you cannot do it and you are not strong enough to say it. I think that's a terrible situation. So when the manager is asking you to do something that you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. And because uh, you want to play, you don't say it. And then you go to the pitch thinking, I'm, I'm not going to do it. And, and then it looks like you don't know what you're doing. Uh, and it does happen sometimes. Uh, and I think that that's the perfect example of a Steven. You cannot ask Emerson Royal one thing and Porro another thing. Uh, the same thing. They are different players and they have different abilities, even if they play in the same position. But they cannot do exactly the same job because they are totally different players. And the same if you have uh, what we said before, no, Reguilón or Perisic. They're totally different players. What you can do, yes, is ask them to be, do the basics of their position because that is the best position. So the basic of that position is up and down, we go to the other side, you need to become like a back four, full back, and then you can be a winger, and the wing back situation. But one got certain abilities to do certain things, and another one do different. If you put in one or other because of the particular game, either you're going to win the game in that side or you want to defend that side, depending on the characteristics of the player, that's a good mix having two players that they are not similar, but that they can do different jobs in that position. But if it's just because <laughs> it's the choice that you have, it's complicated because you lose one and maybe the next game you need that one, <laughs> not the one that you have. So that when the, the system you're trying to play maybe doesn't 
fit the quality of the player. And that one is, if that extends too much, you will know it because the team won't win. You will fail in your objectives. And that's something that you need to wait till the end of the, end of the season. Sorry. I think it's interesting. You said that out of all the games you played, there's about five times where you took the responsibility in the example Mariano gave because we're always looking for players to take responsibility. You watch highlight shows, you watch pundits on a TV. He needs to take the responsibility. He needs to get in there and do this, do this at the centre midfield, blah, blah, blah. So we're being told that by pundits and people who have played football that these players need to take responsibility. And then we expect it. So we expect the mid two midfielders to who are being overrun by three to take the responsibility and work out how to play that and how to bring in the support from the fullback or from the centre-back. But if you're saying that basically players don't do that because they're playing in a system and they're told how to play, and I think that's what Mariana meant with they don't differentiate from what the manager wants, we expect too much and we don't understand what is happening. No, no, no. The, the, the problem is push because of the journalists. The, the, the journalists, they are sitting in the stand and uh, when we are sitting in the stand, it's too easy. And uh, you can see that we lose in the midfield because we are 2v3, for example. I, I think that kind of situation is responsibility of the manager to sort it out. It's not the player. When, when, the, when the, 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 the pundits, they, they talk about the responsibility of the players is uh, when something goes really bad, that they got the chance to, a leader, to call the team. And, you know, the other day, 4-0, okay, finish the game. Don't keep making it open, uh, keep conceding, keep conceding, okay? That kind of decision. And, and I think the players, they try to first be respectful to the, the, the manager and to the team and, and to do the job that is being asked for. And then anything he can add, you are a better player. Not everybody is in a position to do more than what is being taught. When I say that five times, it means that we made the very strong decisions about the position where I've been asked to play and how I'm going to play. Then you got your, your own responsibilities as the one that we I accepted on my career. So I think we need to make a difference between very, very strong decisions. That's what I mean with five. Really extreme decisions that when you are in the pitch and even if you've been told do this, do that, and you can see that if doing that is not working, then you make a decision. And sooner or later, you will explain to the coach. Obviously, you need to make a, a good decision. But most of the time, we respect the, the coach. You know, most of the time, we respect the situation. Sometimes some people will complain and we tell the coach if he can help us. And normally, there is a solution. To go to your point, Stephen, a little bit stronger. Mr. Wegner said that the coaches, we can influence the game 20%, I think he said. There is other managers that because they got an ego, they're going to say 30 or 40. This means the ones that can really affect the games are the players. Are the players. And, and that is their main responsibility. They got a job to do, they got the ability, they get paid to that job, and they need to do it to the best of the ability most of the time. And when they do it, you are a better team. And when they don't do it, you get sucked. It's very rare that a coach is going to be able to influence, you know, the, the game 50%. Because you cannot change like in basketball constantly. <laughs> in and out, in and out, and it will be a nightmare. So there is a big, big, big responsibility on the player and they need to do it. Example, Eric Hildar. He was not the best manager in the world when he won the Carlin Cup or whatever it's called, Carabao Cup. And he's not the worst manager because he got lost seven It's still the same top manager that he is. Now, one day, the same team, eh? Do you know that, Stephen? The same started 11. They won the cup, they lost 7 years. Where is the manager responsibility? Because oh, either he's responsible for both or for no one. And, and that is, I, I believe, I believe that as a player and I believe as a coach. The ones that can really affect the games are the players. And that, for me, we can put in there the same level, players, fans, fans, players. 
that's that's football. That's the top. The fans they are there at the top because without fans it would be terrible football. And the players are the main ones. Without them we don't have football. And is that uh, then we can start adding the referees, the managers, the coaches, the press, or whatever the order you want. But the players are up in there. And I think as as it is. That why they are the the most responsible one. I was wanting to ask about Emmy Martinez when he went out for the corner against Arsenal, and his manager yes. was asked. It's a very good. It's a it's a very good question that one because uh, ninety nine out of one hundred, the goalkeeper look at the bench and kind of ask permission to go. I cannot tell you if he did ask because I don't know. I didn't see, it. but I've been in a situation like that. Apparently, he didn't have permission to go. He didn't ask, no. So I will tell you the situation normally in ninety four minutes, thirty seconds to go, one minute to go, corner, and and the goalkeeper looks at the bench and and start pointing. I go, I go, I go, and normally you look and you say go or no. Because I told a player no once. You know, they gave four minutes and it was then 90 minutes, 30 seconds away. Three minutes and a half. I mean, you know, my United won the Champions League in three minutes. So I stay there, no? Like I said, most of the time there is a connection with the goalkeeper. Now, it looks to me like in this particular one, even if we didn't see it, it was not, no? And that's why Emery said he's not going. Or he doesn't like it or he thinks he's not lying. Yeah, yeah. So he, he was asked a straight question. Did you give him permission to go to the for a corner? No, I didn't. I don't do that. I don't like my goalkeepers going up. There was still time on the clock. And once he done that, we Listen, lost. Uh, it's perfect because now he knows. And if he does it again, he got the problem. Uh, well, I, I, will, I, will, I won't. It's not like I'm defending uh, the, the keeper here. He probably didn't know. He probably thought it was. But 40,000 no, no. 40, fans, probably... he's taking responsibility. He great, go and get me, the goal. Me, We're still in this. Me, me because it was me because it was a league uh, league game, league eh, Premier League game. I don't think it make a difference. The goal you can say at the end of the season, you can because of that goal, the the, the you know the goal after the corner, you're gonna finish one position below. Yeah, it has to be a, a terrible coincidence. You need to be careful in a cup game, or you know, like a, maybe you still having the chance to equalize and go to extra time. It's a different match. It depends on your feeling. I think a few times I'll let the goalkeeper go naturally and a few times no. Also, you need to know the goalkeeper, no? If it was uh, Peter Smyhel, I would let him go every time because he scored a few times. He had a smell for the ball. So it's depending on the keeper as well. But I tell you what is true. It creates nervousness in the position. It does. Because uh, people start saying, who, who marks the goalkeeper? You know, everybody worries about the goalkeeper. Now, the biggest... Opposition in the box is the goalkeeper. Well, it shouldn't, no? It should be the number nine. It should be the center half, which is the top one. But it creates a little bit of a, a security. Sometimes help. Sometimes you consider another goal. But the good thing about this bad situation is that now it's clear. Emily doesn't want he will keep it to go bottom line. Boom. So if somebody didn't know, now they know. And that, that's important as well. Eh? Sometimes you cannot give every single little information to every single player every time. And things need to happen for you to be able to tell. I'm sure that if you look at the bench and they say, no, 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 it doesn't go up. I'm sure. Now, he made the decision. He took responsibility. didn't work. Now, can you do it every time? That you go every time up and every time you consider goal? That doesn't look very intelligent. So uh, it did happen. I think it's, uh, it's clear now. Now, you mentioned before uh, that some squads, when they are young, is they have less uh, experience. We, we talk about the experience of, of players and the importance mm -hmm. of taking responsibilities. Uh, and, and basically, 
There are two teams now that they are in a very, very strange situation. One positive, Arsenal, with a very young squad, uh, taking responsibilities, winning regularly. And then, well, we, we mentioned a bit of the Chelsea mess uh, now with so many players and who is taking responsibility of what. How do you analyze these two teams in terms of players' responsibilities? I, I think Arsenal... Obviously, giving the credit the players they deserve. I said it just a few minutes ago. They are the biggest responsible because they play every game and they need to, you know, execute, you know, do the execution of the actions in the perfect way to win football games. The last minute shot, that's a responsibility. He's taking and hitting it well and, you know, he's, he's using his quality to win the game. The manager picking the players, training. But I'm going to say something that maybe not too many people that are, are talking about and, and I like to analyze. I think the biggest or the best decision has been made at Arsenal is, is when in the beginning it was not working with Arteta, the club stick with him. It was a very easy situation to suck him. He had a terrible spell. He had moments that everybody was really fuming about the way the team was playing. The board said, this is our manager, he's going to make it work. And now, a few years later, because it looks like he, he went to Arsenal five minutes ago and he's been there for a while. Eh? It means that now he put the little pieces that he needed to make a team, even if they are young, because he knew from the beginning and it's big, big difference to what people were thinking in the beginning. In the beginning, people thought that Abu Mayani would be a key for the future of Arsenal. He's not there. In the beginning, many, many people wanted Shaka out of the team and he's playing every game and playing very well without the arm camp, the, the captain Arban. So, yeah, so there is certain things that they happen and that they are contrary to in the beginning what every single fan was thinking about it. And that shows that Arteta knew how to go, but he needed time. Great credit to the board for sticking with to the manager, with the manager, and obviously praising the manager and the player. Chelsea, Chelsea, I think, is a new way of understanding business and football. The Chelsea fans, they don't know. And I always say there is... There is two ways to, to buy football players. You buy a player for now, now, today, yesterday. Because you know you're going to play him today and he's going to perform. The players that they know the league, they, they got certain experience, Mariano. They play already 200, 300, 400 games. They're strong enough. They are mentally strong. So you know you're going to get through that. Or when you buy players for the future, which the future, it could be one year or it could be three years. No, it's, it's a different way. And there is certain young players that they came to Chelsea that they got plenty of quality. They got a great future ahead, but they're coming from another country, another language, another culture, totally different league, the strength of the league, massive responsibility, going back to the beginning. And uh, we are all different. We three, we are different. And, and not because uh, I play and you, or you, I play more than you, Steven, or more than you, Mariano, means that I will adapt earlier. No. There is a... There is a thing that men mental, physical, system of play, qualities, that depending on all that together, you will adapt quicker than another one. It's very difficult to say, oh, he will adapt straight away. No. And those players, especially the six, seven new, apart from, uh, I would say that there is a difference with Fernandez. No? He went to the World Cup and, and, and make a step forward dramatically. I mean, the step forward he made with the National Democrats of Argentina was tremendous. By putting in that level of, okay, I'm, I'm already a set player and wherever I play, I'm going to play this way. But I'm talking about the young ones. They need a system. They need the team to play well. They need to adapt to, you know, to each other. There is too many. They cannot play all at the same time. 
uh, oof, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big job that uh, Graham Potter got in his hands. And uh, let's see how we can do it. And especially with wins, helps and give you time. I know it's a, it's a difficult task. It's not, it's not easy. I think with the Chelsea, the the, the, the Argentinian Fernandez. I, I, he was the one that's the big surprise. The amount of money they paid yeah. for someone who's played one season, one and a half seasons in Europe. To I just think it's crazy. I just it. it no, no. I, listen, the price, uh, Stephen. The price. Yes, I agree with you. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I always say that the, the price of some, somebody or the price of a player in this case is depending on how much you're willing to pay. It's not a real player. Yes, I mean he's and he's paid it with the new way he's doing things. The Amortization over the eight-year contract, or however long these players are yeah, but signing it, for. It, it, but it it's just in the terms of it's just in the terms of one season at Benfica. There's a thing on the BBC, the one billion pound football factory. All these players that Benfica have brought in and sold. But it's just for me, it's just amazing that they they did that. And and you just wonder, have they bought someone off the back of a World Cup? We're told never buy anyone that plays True. well in the World Cup. True. Ask Tottenham and ask West Ham. <laughs> but, but, but look, Chelsea now go in the squad, because remember that the squad means players they are at the club or players they are abroad. Uh, in abroad. They got uh, uh, over 100 million paid for Fernandez. 97 million paid for Lukaku, which is not here. Chelsea didn't pay, but it's a player who costs more than 100 million, Joao Felix, Atletico Madrid. So we're talking about money there, eh? And we're talking about the, the consequence of paying that amount of money of any team, Chelsea or Atletico Madrid, is that that player, and this is going to be perfect to finish, he needs to accept his responsibility and make the difference. Make the difference. You are a 100 million player, you make the difference, my friend. Don't ask the 3 million players to make you know <laughs> the difference in a game. You are the one who got the responsibility of going to another level. And, and that is clear because it's not the same. It's not fair. You know, and and that's something that I'm sure that at, at the moment I think Fernandez is showing. I think Joao Felix the impact in the first few games before the sending off it was extraordinary, and that set him back a little bit. But I still think that Chelsea way of playing it suits Joao Felix and Lukaku. Remember, it was it was a nightmare that coming back in the second part. So that that is a Mariano, a, you know, the thing that we were missing. You know. When you pay an amount of money, which is so much for a football player, that player got an extra responsibility. He needs to show it week in, week, week out, for sure. And when your career, you felt that? Because at one point in your career, the, you you passed from being a good player to be that player. You earn much more than the rest. I, 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 told, you, I told you in Zaragoza, my last two years, I was feeling the responsibility of uh, achieving a quantity of uh, goals uh, in the season, in, in the league especially. But there is other responsibilities. Eh? How did that affect you? Uh, I, I think it made me more focused, concentrated, more aware of the situation, uh, being better prepared. I'll tell you another thing that some people doesn't understand, but it's a responsibility. When you play for Uruguay national team, you must win. And that's a big responsibility. I mean, you can say big pressure, but it's a responsibility. And I, I think it's something that we can say even as, as Spurs. There is certain players there that have been trying for years and for years to win a trophy. And they have the responsibility of bringing silverware to the club. And it's, it's been not possible at the moment. And they're still trying because they know how important it is. And when you, when you finally achieve that, I think you are a, you are a different player, you're a different person. You become someone who knows that, okay, I, I did what I, you know everybody wanted me to do in a, in a 
specific, unique way. And I think sometimes that responsibility can play against you. You say to me, Mia was more focused. Some people get nervous. You know that they say the difference between nervous and excitement is very little. The symptoms are the same. You got that feeling like your stomach there and, blah, 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 and people say, oh, I'm nervous. And people say, no, I'm excited. I, I cannot wait to play. And it's more or less the same. It's depending how you take it mentally, one way or the other. But the responsibility of winning is another topic that we can we can put in the post. Okay, thank you very much. I think this is a good wrap-up, uh, Stephen. <laughs> thank you very much, Gus. Thanks, Mariano. See you, Gus. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Mariano. See you soon. See you next. Speak soon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the series, leave a winning review or a five-star rating on the platform you're listening on. And do not forget to check our website at www.12asintheworld-man-academy.com and let us know what would you like to know. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, please email us to sponsors at the 12 See you next time at the 12 Man Academy.